Good morning. Welcome to Discovery's Digital Gathering. We are glad you're here. We are excited for what God has in store this morning. We want to invite you to download our app, which will help you stay current with our community and get further connected by filling out our new visitor card. Let's prepare our hearts for worship and for the adventure of discovering the good news of Jesus together. Hello, Discover family. So good to be here with you today. My name is Antonio Reyes, and I get to be part of a pastoral team in this community and, and serve you. And um, for the ones who don't know me, um, well, now you do. Uh, today, I get to continue this conversation that I started last week. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Ecclesia. This, uh, we're going through this uh, series on the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, what God is doing through the lives of ordinary people and how he's impacting humanity through their lives. You know, the crazy thing is that that movement started so organically and they have uh, their impact has transcended so much that we, you and I are byproduct of that, of those decisions that they make in that time. By just saying yes to Jesus and serving others, they have impacted millions and millions of people. So do not minimize your decisions. Uh, and that's a whole other conversation that we won't have today. But today I want to talk to you to, uh, in, the, in, in, in between, in between, in the between. Let's, let's put it that way. You know, um, we finished last week uh, how uh, Paul was transitioning from the city of Ephesus to the city of Jerusalem and how he was going from that point to another point. And that he finished that season in Ephesus after three years of serving those people, after loving them, transforming their, that city, making an impact in that city. He almost got killed in that city. He, did, he feels by God that he needs to transition to Jerusalem. Now, I want you to pay attention to this, and I want you to notice this. He doesn't want to go back to, to Jerusalem. He never mentioned that he wants to go back to Jerusalem. He mentions that he wants to go to Rome, the epicenter of the political power in that time. He mentions in his letters that he wants to go to that place. But nonetheless, he feels by God that he needs to go to Jerusalem, and he actually heads to that place. Now, once he arrives in that place, this is what I want you to notice. He is no longer in what it was, which is Ephesus. And he is now what could be, which is Rome. He finds himself in this messy middle, which will become a nightmare for him, unfortunately. But also the beginning of his journey to what he desires to go. See, one of the things that I wanted to ask you today, have you ever gone through like transitions in your life? We are transitions in your life. You know, um, I remember like when I was going through my uh, teenage years, you know, when you go from being a kid to becoming an adult, you know, that season where you, your body is weird, you know, it's growing, it's developing and there's your, your body's growing and, and your, your voice is just changing to maybe a deeper voice and, and it starts cracking every time that you're speaking and it's a weird place to be. Your emotions go up and down. You know, I remember I was such an emotional kid and I didn't know what to do with myself. My face was uh, red and dry and it was just a weird transition in my life. I couldn't control it. This is just part of my nature, correct? This is part of you developing in life. You have to go through that transition in life where things are growing and you don't have control over it. You just have to learn how to navigate yourself. And if you're as emotional as me, 
you feel like it's never gonna end, that there's never gonna be an end game to this. And I believe this. We cannot transition, we're not, we cannot transition into new seasons. We cannot transition into new challenges. We cannot transition into new opportunities without transitioning out of our last season. See, this is where I believe Paul finds himself in this season, in his point of life. He's in this transition from one place to another, which just feels so awkward and is so complicated. Now, there's something that transitions don't have from, from, other, from other seasons in life. There's something that transitions lack that other, other seasons have, and that is stability. That is clarity. That is maybe sometimes even being predictable in life. That that provides some sort of security and comfort in your own life. So when you find yourself in this point, it's a weird place to be. And I believe that's exactly where Paul finds himself in his life. You know, I was listening to this conversation. Um, this gentleman uh, was trying to set up a security system in his organization and his building more than anything. And uh, he was he hired an advisor to come and indicate where do he need cameras and people to be located so that he can actually set it up in a correct way. And the advisor told him that he needed plenty of security and transitional points because where where there's transitional points, there is distraction. And where is distraction, people that mean harm to you can capitalize on you. Do you notice that? That where there's uh, transitional points, there's distraction. And where this distraction is easier to rob you or to harm you or people to capitalize on you. And this is what I mean. The transitional points to me are so important because we might miss the opportunity to grow. We might miss the opportunity to serve others. We might miss the opportunity to become more aware of who we are, of skills, our abilities, our, our defaults. Or also become more aware of who God is in our lives. It's in transitions that we might find progress in our lives. See, it's very interesting because transitions with God is so different. It's not what you expect. Let me tell you that. See, we can see it in, in verses uh, and in chapter 21, verse 33 to 35, this is where Paul finds himself. Let me, let me read it to you. Then the commander arrests him. This is Paul. And he ordered him bound with two chains. He asked the crowd who he was and what he, was, he, what he had done. Some shouted one thing and some other another. Since he couldn't find out the truth in all the uproar and confusion, he ordered that Paul be talked taken to the fortress. As Paul, re as Paul reached the stairs, the mob, the mob grew so violently, the soldiers had to lift him to the shoulders to protect him. And the crowd followed behind shouting, kill him, kill him. What's going on, friends? See, Paul finds himself in this hostile city. It's weird because this city, Jerusalem, has gone through a crisis. They just went through a famine. And the religious leaders hear that Paul is coming to Jerusalem. And they don't want just to take care of him. They don't, they don't want just to arrest him. They want to kill him. And this is where exactly where Paul finds himself. They try to get him to kill him. And the Roman soldiers save him. And he, they try to figure out what's going on with these people. Why are they so angry? 
See, if you actually go to the beginning verses uh, in chapter 21, you can see how uh, people and friends of Paul trying to convince him to not go to that place. They're trying to convince him to, to not take that decision. But he feels by the Holy Spirit that he needs to go to that place. That he needs to, uh, there's some things that he needs to do. What? He doesn't know. What is the plan? He doesn't know. He makes that clear. But he just has this sense that he needs to go back to that place. But by, in light of verse 33 and 35, can I just tell you this? It makes me feel that he took, he took the wrong decision. He makes me feel that there's a lot of position in his life in that moment. It makes me feel that instead of moving forward, he's going backwards. It makes me feel that instead of progressing in life, he's decreasing. Instead of finding freedom, he finds himself stuck and trapped in that place. But see, this is what I have learned in my relationship with God. That in God's economy, a position is never a sign of a wrong decision. It's never a mistake. This can be a place where obedience is in the making. See, crisis moments is obedience in the making. Obedience is not static, it's dynamic, friends. You will never arrive to a place where you say, hey, I'm the king of obedience. No, you grow in your obedience. See, this is what I mean by that. What I mean is that there's moments or there's seasons in life that what moves you to that season is your passion. You're passionate about something. You're passionate about that person. You're passionate about that subject. There's moments that is love what moves you to that season. But in your relationship with God, obedience can move you into a new season. Commitment can move you into a new season. See, I know we don't see obedience as a valuable thing in this culture because we feel that we're releasing control and we try to obey. But there's, it's valuable in your relationship with God as you try to develop this relationship with God. See, when I was in those teenager years, I was really bad friends. Can I just tell you, I was very disobedient with my parents. I was the king of disobedience. I remember my parents would tell me, hey, they will go out of town and they would tell me, do not touch the cars. You cannot drive the truck. You cannot drive a car. You cannot touch our cars. And I would actually switch the keys of the cars so that they think that they took the keys, but I would keep them and I would use them. You know, so I remember that they, uh, all of these things, all this, my, my action, my disobedience cost me a lot. Caused me for me not to be able to go out with friends. It caused me for me to not be able to go to certain parties. It caused me actually some trips to certain places that I wanted to go. It even cost me the soccer opportunities that I had because they couldn't trust me for me to go to another place. See, Everything was rooted in disobedience, and I missed so many beautiful things in my life. See, obedience is a value, it's a value that you cultivate in season. Obedience is a great asset in your life if you develop in your relationship with God. Obedience is synonymous with reverence. See, reverence is, is, is also this, you can develop admiration, you can develop devotion, you can develop loyalty, you can develop respect, you can develop adoration. This is obedience, that you develop an obedience in the making. Could be the moments in opposition is this opportunity that is developing in you. Obedience for your future self. See, if we keep reading this story, I want to make another observation. In verse 33, 
to um, four, in verse 40, we continue the conversation as this is what happened. As Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, may I, may I, may I have a word with you? Do, you? do you know Greek? He asked Paul. The commander asked, surprised, are you the Egyptian who led rebellion some time ago and took 4,000 members of assassins out into the desert? They're confusing Paul at this point. And Paul responds this, no. Paul replied, I'm a Jew, a citizen of Tarsus and Cilicia, which is an important city. Please, let me talk to those people. The commander agreed. So Paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet. Soon the deep silence enveloped the crowd. And, the, and then he addressed them in, in their own language, Aramaic. See, random, random thing. Listen to me. The problem with transitions is that you and I don't have control of those transitions. See, there's something amazing that I can perceive from Paul's personality. Is that he's incredibly present in that moment. He does not dismiss the season. He doesn't say, well, this is, this is what, I'm, what, what I'm going through in this season is irrelevant to my trip to Rome. He doesn't allow the lack of control of that season over that moment to dictate what he, what he was supposed to do in that moment. See, he responds in such a way that makes me feel uncomfortable. In other words, he's saying by his action, I'm not gonna look, I'm not gonna allow my lack of control over the situation to dictate what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take advantage of that moment, of this moment, and God uses everything that Paul has to bring to the table. And this is what I mean. He's using all his skills and everything that Paul has to bring to the table. Do you notice in verse uh, 39? He's having this conversation. God is using Paul's skills, his language, his ability to communicate, his versatile communication. He, he can uh, communicate with some commanders. He can communicate with religious leaders. He has the ability to communicate. And not just that. If you notice, in chapter 23 and chapter 22, uh, you can see his, his knowledge, his intelligence about subjects. See, God uses this, everything that he, that Paul has to bring. God does not waste anything in Paul's life. See, in the moment of crisis, that's when you and I can begin to notice certain aspects that we didn't notice before. They come out of us naturally or intuitively. It's in a moment like this that there's an insight from God. There's an insight, there's a revelation that God, that we can see his beauty. But the only way we can see that is it comes through the frustration of the disruption in our lives. See, we don't speak enough about transitions and process. See, in the, in the Christian culture, they talk a lot about promises and how can you actually see God in those promises. But they never teach us how to actually see God in our process. They never teach us how to see God in, in, in between places. They never teach us how to see God in transitions. And let me tell you that we can see God in the middle of this whole thing. That's exactly what God is doing with Paul. See, Paul doesn't allow to become a victim of the situation. He engages 
the opportunities that present him himself. This is what I mean. In Southern California, um, uh, there's this beautiful beach called Huntington Beach. My wife and I used to go there a lot. And it's a beautiful place to go. And I remember before the, the beginning uh, years, when we started going to that place, um, we didn't know the dynamics of the beach. But we noticed one time with some of my friends that after 5 p.m., the waves start rising up very uh, aggressively. We start noticing that, but we didn't know what was going on. It was five, it was almost six. It was one of those days that the, that the sun was still out. And I remember one time we were with some friends playing around and hit five, six. And all of a sudden, I remember we feel like this wave's tackling us. And we were looking around, we're like, what's going on? Why are they so aggressive? Why are the waves so aggressive? And all of a sudden, we noticed that we had to tackle or engage the, the, the waves in a certain way with our body. That if we didn't pay attention and if we were distracted, the, the waves could have harmed us. They could have, they could have, they could have tackled us and even cause some, um, some harm. Even uh, have, we can, they can cause some bruises in our body. That we had to actually be attentive and being able to engage with the with the waves. And I remember one time, specifically that time that we went with my friends, that we actually didn't notice that, and it hit us so hard that it, we end up in the shore, in the sand. We were in the ground. We were so disoriented. We didn't know what happened, and we look at each other. With, what just happened right now? With the waves tackle us because we didn't engage in the correct way we didn't actually we didn't become part of what was going on in that moment see this is what i mean you have to learn how to engage in moments of transition do not allow yourself to become a victim you see paul paul is paul is using every skill that he has to the benefit of this gospel this message and he's using it as an opportunity See, Paul didn't allow this to take the best out of him. So it could be that in transitional moments, it's a moment where you rediscover aspects of you that you probably dismiss. Certain education that you have, certain skills, certain experiences, certain relationships in your journey in your life. Because God won't waste anything of you. He even uses his citizenship. See, citizenship speaks about his privilege and the access that he had. It was a gift. And he uses that for the benefit of Paul and the gospel. See, there are seasons of life that before you go to your Rome, you will have to go through uncomfortable moments, inconvenient moments. Or how you're going to get there, let me tell you. Sometimes there's no preparation moments. Sometimes there's not precautions or arrangements to prepare yourself for, for transition moments. They just happen. And you have to learn how to give birth to a new season. You, to, to give birth into new something, a new project, a new uh, a vision that you have. See, for some of us, I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, for some of us, we cannot fathom the idea that there's places in the world they don't have the accommodations that we have in the United States to give birth. And um, like here, and I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or un that's not my intention. Just hear me out. We can have fathom the idea that there's places that they don't have nurses. They don't have the machines that they need. 
They don't have the waiting rooms, the background music. There's places where they don't have the air conditioning. They don't have the needles that they need. So there's places they don't have the room service, the TV that you have, the couches that you have. There's places in the world that, that they don't have none of that. And specifically, there's this strive in Ghana, in Africa, where, uh, I'm sorry, in Kenya, in Africa, where they were having conversations with a woman. They were asking, how do you give birth? And they literally just say, whatever the water breaks on us, we just have the baby there. If we are in the desert, we have the baby in the desert. If we are in the mud, and we're in the cold, and we are in the sand, it doesn't matter. We give birth in that place. See, they don't get to position themselves in a comfortable place. They don't get themselves to, to position themselves in a, in a way that they can, uh, they can help them to have the baby. No, 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 no. They still have to go through the process and the miracle of giving new life wherever they find themselves. Our family, let me just encourage you today. You don't have to get comfortable. You just have to be ready and engage and allow God to use every aspect of you like God used Paul in that moment. This is the context I believe Paul is experiencing in his journey in this moment. He didn't have the accommodations to get ready for this moment. He didn't, got, he didn't get to get comfortable. He just found himself in this place and he took advantage of it. In conclusion, I ask myself as, as I'm reading this story, what is sustaining Paul through this process? How do you actually handle this process without regretting it? Does that make sense? See, let me read you Acts chapter 23, verse 10. And something happens. As the conflict grew more violent, the commander was afraid they would tear Paul apart. So he ordered his soldiers to go and rescue him by force and taking him back to the fortress. That night, the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Be encouraged, Paul. Just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. I wonder if at this point in Paul's life, did he regret his decision? I wonder if at this point in his life, he was like, man, I remember my friends telling me not to do it. And I end up doing it. Look, what do I find myself at this point in my life? Now if Paul finds himself in the place that was going to become his his home for the rest of his life in prison. And Jesus speaks in that specific place. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this, this conversation between Jesus and, and Paul only happened like four or five times. This is one of them. And Paul ends up, you know the funny fact? That Paul ends up in the, in the same jail that Peter ended up chapters before. Remember that um, that the, that jail where where there was an earthquake and, and 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 Peter was able to get out freely because of that. See, in the crazy way God delivered Peter. See, but this is not Paul's story. Paul, there's moments in life that God would uh, bring you freedom in the middle of injustice, in the middle of of tension, of pressure, of or stress. But there's other moments. That God will speak to you like he did to Paul. And he will give him a vision. Because vision brings hope and depression. 
See, vision is not only what steps to take or you need to put in place to achieve your goals. Vision also brings and provides in the present and provides hope in the present that there's not, there's more to it. There's, this is not the end for you. See, vision, my friends, not just your vision, now what you can manufacture. Can I, can I ask you this deeply? What is God saying right now? What vision is he giving you? Because that vision can sustain you. That vision can help you endure. That vision will stand with you as you keep going through this process of life. Because God is not just in the past or in the future. He is in the messy middle of your life. And I close with this. As we get ready to participate in, in um, communion, I want to I close with this quote from Andy Stanley. The duration that you are in the waiting period is directly proportional to the tasks that you, you are prepared for. The, the waiting period that you sustain is directly proportional to the tasks that you were prepared for in the future. Family, be encouraged. Let's take this moment of um, meditate on the sacrifice of Jesus and Let's do this together. Family, as we close this conversation, um, I want to ask you, what is sustaining you through this season of your life? Allow God to speak into your own heart. The vision that is going to sustain you is going to give you the endurance and the resilience to get to Rome. We love you, family.